1: Today's Coaching Coordinator podcast is taken from a clinic talk by Woody Blevins, defensive coordinator at Assumption University, which is an NCAA Division II football team. In this one, he talks about not your everyday drills. It's more about understanding exactly why you do things with your players. As he gets into it, you'll realize that this is more about developing the individual player and really developing those bonds with them because you have a plan that is individualized and really takes into account all of their needs on and off the field. So coach is going to talk about what he does in the meeting room, progress through talking about the exact things that he does on the field. We're going to reserve the what those drills for the entire talk, which can be found on CoachTube. uh, So you can get all of the drills in the video that go along with this there as well. Look in the show notes for a code to save 50% on that course whether you coach offense or defense, and regardless of what position on the field you coach, I think you find a lot of takeaways in this that are going to help you to improve yourself and what you're doing with your players in your individual periods, in your meetings. And that's something that is going to apply to camp and take you through the season. So here's a good one with coach Woody Blevins, Assumption Defensive Coordinator. The Jutes.
0: All right. So I wanted to make sure I shared this with you guys. This is something that um we do at the beginning of every defensive staff meeting and every defensive unit meeting or every defensive player meeting. Um all it is is something about life. It's something positive, something funny, motivational, awesome, whatever it is. Um sometimes the players bring it. I have, you know, every coach you know has something. Um and it's just one person shares a day, and then everybody talks about it for a couple minutes. But I like to start off all of our meetings with something about uh building these these people, not just coaches, not just players, not just athletes. But I, I want to make sure that they understand through my actions that I'm here for them as a person first. It's not my idea either. I stole it from the Navy guys. Um, but uh, I just truly believe that you have to speak to the fir- person first. And the New Zealand All Blacks, who are arguably the winningest sports franchise in world history, have had a, over a 70% winning percentage um, for the last 110 years. They have a saying and it is better people make better all blacks. Well I believe that better people make better coaches better people make better football players better people make better husbands better people make better fill in the blank And so I truly believe that um, You have for this to be part of your philosophy. You have to start with it. Your players have to see that in your daily actions. So um And the juice for the day Before I get started, the worst coach in America is a story. This is something I think is really important right now of the Chinese bamboo tree. I first heard this from Les Brown back when I was a a young volunteer at UNC and I was working late nights and I would listen to Les Brown, the motivational speaker, uh, when I was working. And it came on and it was just a two minute and like 45 second bit about the Chinese bamboo tree. What the Chinese bamboo tree is, is a bamboo tree that grows in, in you know, China, obviously and in the Far East. And you have to water the plant and fertilize the plant every single day. And you have to do it for four years and nothing shows for four years. You water every day and if you stop watering it or you don't fertilize it right, it'll die in the ground. But if you fertilize it and you water it and you take care of it every day for four years, it grows 90 feet tall in six weeks. So, Les Brown asked the question, did the tree grow 90 feet tall in the six weeks, or did it grow 90 feet tall in the four years? And now all of our players, all of us as coaches right now, and for the next few months, we're under the ground. And what we do right now is going to matter. And this is a message that I'm going to send to my players, and we have a defensive unit meeting tomorrow, Um, and – I just want to make sure I shared it with you guys. I shared it with our defensive staff today, but you know, how how are you going to grow during this time so that you can blossom once we get back on the field? So uh, I had this up on the screen here: worst coach in America, 2016. I was the worst coach in America. That's right. You guys can all um, you guys all read that correctly. We had we were dead last in America at the University of Northern Colorado in turnovers. And uh, I told my players after the season, I said, listen, I am the worst safeties coach in America at teaching you to intercept and turn over the football. You are the worst safeties in America at turning over the football, and we are the worst unit at intercepting the football. And this is right before Christmas break, so I told them, I said, listen, until we accept this fact, we will continue to be the worst, and we will get worse. But over Christmas break, you guys need to accept it, let it let this truth seep into your entire being. And then when we come back in January, I'm gonna have a plan on how we are going to grow. And my plan as a coach was to reach out to the top 10 coaches at forcing turnovers um, in the FBS, FCS, D2, D3, and NAI. And I, I wrote them all down on a list. I reached out to as many as humanly possible. I would clinic every Tuesday and Thursday night when my wife had night class. I'd get on the phone with these guys. And then I went out to uh, the Citadel and Charleston Southern who were in the top of the country um, that spring break. And um, I was able to take everything that I I held closest, all of these I thought I did really well. And I raked them over the coals to see if they were actually the best, to see what I was doing and how I could change because um, the one thing that I learned from all this is you're not, you're not, you're never staying the same You're either growing or you're dying. And, you know, I was the worst coach in America. And I tell that story because I want you guys to know that I'm just like you, you guys are sitting here listening to me, but like, I'm just like you. I, I mess up. I don't like, shoot, we had the worst year. We had two turnovers. We had two interceptions an in entire year. And that's on me. Um, but I just want you guys to know that I'm not perfect and that I'm constantly growing. I'm just here to get better. I'm here to help you guys not run into that like I did. So um, I can make this, your situation a little bit better than mine was. So moving forward here, um, we're talking about individuals day. I, I can't stand the words everyday drills. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it because I think it's a cop out. I think most coaches say, oh, you know, um, hey, just do our EDDs, throw our EDDs up there. Well, um, I don't think that's right. I think board, I, and one thing that I learned from that, all that, that growth and all that um, learning that I did and, and I've continued to do since uh, has taught me that board players don't improve. Board players don't learn. Board people don't learn. Board people don't improve. So you have to find a way to, to be able to repeat Your techniques, repeat your drills, but also tweak them, make them a little bit different and have um, different ways to organize, them, which we'll get to. But uh, something that I did was individual time starts in the meeting room, guys. It's not something you just do when you get on the field. And I'll explain more of this uh, as we go through the slide. Um, But I also wanted to pick this topic because it's something that you guys can use right now. And I'm tired of listening to clinics where you can't use what they're giving you. Um, but also because any time is not, it's its important. It's its essential to your success and your player's success. So uh, the one thing that I adopted after that 2016 uh, nightmare was no wasted time. So when my players hit the meeting room, the first thing they did, they had two options. They either had their metrics, all right, or they had their strip drills. Now, when I say like they would come into the room and I would either be, writing things up or I'd be setting on my computer because I was a special teams coordinator or, or what have you. Um, but I didn't want guys milling around and just sitting or watching me draw something on the board. Um, but they would either have a stack of papers on a desk right in front of my uh, little control panel where I control the computer or they would have a bag of footballs. And if they had the, the stack of papers, they would do what we call the metrics. And then if they had the bag of footballs, they would do our strip drills. So the metrics, I'm about to show you that in the next slide, Um, but I think it's really important because it helps you tweak your individuals once you get out on the field and how you coach and teach your players. Um, And I would try to alternate these. If I had five days out of the week, three of them would be metrics because I think that's more important. And the other two would be strip drills. So the strip drills. this is all for second man in, all right? Because I, I got this uh, posed to me uh, by Coach Hammer at Oklahoma State, and he does an excellent job. But he was like, How, how often do you really practice stripping as a second man? And because when it's four minute drill and the defense has to get the ball back, or any time in the game the defense has to get the ball back, you hear these coaches, and they're always saying, You know, we got to strip the ball, we got to get the ball back, we got to get the ball back. But like, when you really look at practice, how much you actually do that? How much you actually strip as a second man in. Yeah, you might poke at the ball, but actually getting the ball out and poking at it are two very different things. But also, we blow the whistle so fast, which I don't disagree with, that everybody's really just tagging off and maybe a punch is thrown at the ball here or there. So when you really think about it, you're really not ever practicing stripping as the second man in. So what they would do is they would grab a football, and they'd have a partner, they would work two different techniques. Um, one we call the pin and rip, and the other um, they call the pull and punch, so that we were actually repping these things. And I'll show you guys some examples too here in a slide or two. So again, back to the metrics, it's the piece of paper they would have. They put their name on it. Um, we called it Fueled, it was an acronym. Um, and then the first thing they would start with, though, is our attitude of gratitude. They would write three things that they're thankful for in life. Um, and you know, you gotta, you gotta tease it out of them guys. You can't, you can't let them say, Hey, I'm thankful. Like I'm thankful for, I'm breathing oxygen day, I'm thankful for shoes. I'm thankful for a roof over my head. Cause I'm telling you, I get those all the time. You got to push them. Like guys, don't just say that. Tell me something you're thankful for. Um, and you know, you might get, Hey, I got an A on my test. So now all of a sudden you're walking out to practice after buzzing through these, um, right after the meeting's over, as you're getting your gear ready in your locker, you're walking out to practice, and you're giving this guy, you know, a uh, uh, nux because he got an A test. Now you're building how much you think, you know, grades are important, how much school is important, or, uh, you know, I had one young man that would say, or I had a bunch of them that would say, hey, I had a great talk with, you. I'm thankful for the talk I had with my mom last night, and I, I'd, you know, cruise by them, or if they came by my office, I, I'd say, hey, I'm glad you had a great talk with your, your mom last night, you know, what was it about, or, And it it helps you build in more ways to talk to these kids about not just football, about things that are actually important and going well in their life. And then the next thing is two things they're thankful for in football. Again, notice that we put life first, football second. Um, And this is, man, they may be riding the pine, man, but sometimes just a little I'm thankful that I'm not here with my friends. That's all you need for a guy that's a backup to feel thankful because what you think about and you think about, you bring about. What you think about and you think about, you bring about, and these kids, it's, it's important to build this into them. And I do this too. I do this every single day. I did it this morning. I write three things I'm thankful for about life, two things I'm thankful for about uh, my job, coaching, and then one thing I'm thankful for about my wife. And uh, I want to make sure that, that they're never doing something that I'm not currently doing. And a gratitude journal, which is really what you're having to do, is super important. And gives you a very important... You into their life now the next thing this is super duper important for your individual drills it's called fuel f equals focus on stress management scale of one to five one i'm feeling sad i'm not really thinking about being happy right happiness is not a destination it's a way of life it's not something that you just it's not something that you just get to where you're just this happy person all the time it's something that you have to choose every day so are they thinking about being happy or they haven't really thought about it? They just found themselves going through the motion. That's a one. Um, or they're feeling sad or down or depressed. Five, hey, I'm thinking about being happy every day. I'm in a good mood. I feel good. That's a five. Utilize recovery method, which is the U. Hydrotherapy, tissue regeneration. Yes or no? Did you do it? And then what type? Okay. Um, e Eat whole healthy food. Scale one I ate McDonald's. Um, six, I ate all the colors of the rainbow in the cafeteria. I had my vegetables, yada, yada, yada. Um, L, leave time for sleep. How much sleep did you get and how good was it? Um, e, eat breakfast. Did I eat breakfast or no, I didn't? D, drink a gallon of water. Do they ever drink a gallon of water? Probably not. You know, I've had two players that probably drink a gallon of water. One of them coaches with me now. Um, is our new uh, safeties coach. But the rest of them, they don't. But guess what? They got to think, look at that every day or every other day. And they're probably thinking about, man, I should probably drink more water. And like we all know, how important hydration is to not only um, their recovery but their overall health and so not getting sick as often. But you look at this and you say, Coach, how is this going to affect your individual time? Well, I'll tell you what: injuries uh, skyrocket with four or less or five or less hours of sleep. Like every 30 minutes you get less than five hours of sleep, your chances of getting injured um, improve exponentially. So, I'll usually look at leave time for sleep and I'll say, okay, look at these guys, I'm not getting very much sleep. And guys, remember, they're filling this thing out almost every day to every other day for years. So, like the time for lying passes after like a month because they're doing it all the time. All of a sudden, it becomes second nature. Okay, I didn't sleep that well. Bang, bang, bang. And the key is, guys, you never talk to them about this other than those gratitude things. You never like, hey, man, you need to get more sleep. You know, it may come to that, but usually that sleep is an indicator of something else. So, like, if guys are getting eight hours of sleep, man, I'm gonna grind them like seven, eight hours of sleep, even six. I'm gonna grind them an in individual. I'm treating them just like every day. But guys start to get less. Like, I got three or four guys with maybe three or four hours of sleep. I might alter my individual so that they're not like a grind house. Instead, it'll be more mental. And then maybe the last period will be more of a high tempo so that they get, their, get themselves warm for our team function next or seven on seven or nine on seven, whatever the heck is next. Um, but I really take this into consideration because man, if these guys are complaining about being sore and tired and you're getting eight hours of sleep, like in training camp, when these guys are sleeping good amounts, man, I'm going to push them. That's a great time to get these guys mentally tough. But I also believe that there's a time where you have to mold. You can't lead everybody and do everything the same way every day. So I think I could not, um, stress the importance, and we went five years at UNC without uh, a major injury, and I, I think that this was a big part of it was being able to turn off and be able to adapt to my guys, and, and I might coach them a little bit different that day. That doesn't mean I pull a punch, because I never believe you pull a punch. You're always honest with them, but you know, uh, I had a kid that was low on the stress management and didn't sleep for like two or three days, I had two or three hours sleep. and said, what's wrong? His aunt had cancer, terminal cancer, and he didn't want to tell anybody. He didn't know who to tell. And I just pulled him in my office and said, hey man, what's going on? You know, is everything okay? I didn't have to talk about the metrics and he just immediately said it. And uh, I think those things are really important that we understand what's going on with our guys before we just, you know, MF them or get on them. So organization, I started to touch on this guys. Um, organization, so I break my individual, like my basic individuals. Now there's a bunch of them that are working on different techniques, we're working on this and that, but. When we go to the four, like we have four main individual things that we'll do every day. So like the first one, pedal progression, that's today's talk, okay? That is today's talk. That's like defensive back trade skills. That's like backpedaling, you know, so on and so forth, things that are gonna help your players be better um, defensive backs. Now, uh, number two, footwork, okay? That's like change of direction, plyometrics, and this is really important. I don't believe you need to break every single day because do you hang clean every day? Do you do agility drills every day? Like plyometrics are great because essentially a T-step, all the breaking, right? That's a, that's a plyometric and that's pounding on your joints. And while it's a good thing, too much of a good thing is a bad thing. And it means overuse injuries for DBs, it means turf toe, it means shin splints, means patella So as important as it is, I don't think you need to do it. And you're already going to do it in practice every day, but I don't think you need to focus on and hammer these guys, individuals every single day. So if we have like a game week, so our first practice, like let's say our first practice is Monday. Okay. First practice is Monday. We do pedal progression. Tuesday, we do footwork, right? The next day, we do pedal progression again, but we alter it so that's not exactly the same. We either shorten it or alter it so that we're resting their legs. So we're getting closer to game day. All right. Now every day we do a tackling drill, whether it's even if we don't have pads on. I have non-contact and contact. Now, I would um, I would recommend that people that y'all start to to break your drills up into contact and non-contact, so you know what you can do, and what you can't do uh, when you have the pads off. But again, footwork. Great, it's one of our base um, EDDs, if you will, and we slightly alter those drills as well. Um, But again, too much of a good thing equals overuse injuries. Too much equals overuse injuries. Um, Block protection, this is something that sort of takes a back burner, it's important, but we'll either get in pre-practice. I think if if you really have something you gotta get through in India, I think you can move block protection to pre or post-practice. You can get that thing done like two or three minutes. Um, It's also a great way to warm the guys up. You're working on hand-fighting techniques. Um, You're working on reading angles of shoulders and hips on blockers. I think that's all really good. Um, But first off, we'll tackle, and then we will choose either pedal progression or footwork. And if we got time, block protection will be thrown in there as well. Um, All right, so again, that's just the tackling every day. Then we'll rotate the pedal progression and footwork. So I put this up here in almost every talk that I do. Um, And this is from Simon Sinek, I didn't come up with this. This is a, a picture of the human brain. There's three levels to the human brain. The most inside level, all right? That is, that understands the why behind what you do. The middle level here, all right? That understands the how. The outer level, the neocortex, right? That understands the what, okay? So the reason I bring this up is because when you're teaching your players and when I teach you guys my drills, it's going to be in this order when everything we do, even if we install a defense, instead of like, hey, here's cover four, this is how we're going to do it, right? This is our cover four coverage, and this is how we're going to do it, blah, 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 blah. Like, you're not speaking to the entire player's brain. You're not, you're not getting full comprehension Because you have to start with why. Hey, we're running quarters because it's great against this and this. And because it's, and it's bad against this and this. That's why we're doing it. It took me 20 seconds. And it usually takes uh, me as a coach when we install something, like one to two minutes to tell them why. And then they write it down. And then we get into, okay, here's why we're playing cover four. Okay, here's how we're doing it. Here's what these calls are. So on and so forth. Um, but when I talk to you guys about individuals, I'm gonna tell you why we do what we do, I'm gonna tell you how we do this drill. And I'm gonna tell you what we're looking for. All right. Um, so again, when you speak to the brain, when you start with what it only gets to here, it's just, it's science fellas. I don't, I don't know any other way to say it, to say it. There's a great Ted talk on YouTube or on the Ted, Ted.com or whatever, Simon Sinek, um, how great leaders inspire action. And, um, he talks about this exact thing, or in his book, Start With Why, um, another great book that we could all read right now, but the, the, the TED Talk is great, it's only 18 minutes, and it fundamentally changed my life and how I teach. But if, when you start with why, you get every level of the brain accounted for. So again, when you start with what, you only get two layers. When you start with why, you get all three. All right, So you get full comprehension and understanding.
1: Thanks again for listening to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. Again, the link to the entire talk, which does have videos available on CoachTube, the link is in the show notes. You can enter the code CCP, not EDD, uh, the link there in show notes as well, and save 50% on that course. We have two previous episodes with Coach Blevins. One where he talks about too high... Uh, options for stopping the RPO, and then one that he did with his twin brother, which we called Lift While You Climb, a really good uh, podcast and talk about both brothers and how they approach this game. I think you'll enjoy both of those. Follow me on Twitter, at Coach K Grabowski, and continue to follow all we're doing throughout the season on coachingcoordinator.com.